Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. You missed the last broadcast that we did. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that consistency, the key to victory. If you want to, if you want to walk in victory, uh, you need to be consistent. You need to be diligent. You need to be a person who is not here, there, and everywhere, but you need to continue to build. Amen? And so that would really bless you. We'll have it on the audio podcast soon, and you can listen to that. And uh, it's one of those where you probably want to go back and listen to it again, take notes, and let the Lord um, speak to you through it and make the changes. That's what I love about teaching here online is uh, we're not just giving you ethereal things um, where, you know, it's great. Oh, that's a good word, brother. We need that at at times. But this is going to be practical stuff. The reason why I have this channel as part of Zaner Ministries, an arm of Zaner Ministries, is so I can teach some things that I can't always preach when I'm in your city or in your church or, or everything else. And so the Bible tells us as ministers we are to... Teach and preach the full counsel of God. Amen. And so one of the things the Lord has put in my heart is to to teach. And that's why I love doing this. You know, sometimes I want to get up and run around and dance with (laughs) y'all. Obviously, I can't uh, because I'm sitting in a studio with a bunch of wires and everything. But at the same time, I love teaching and getting uh, the word of God in your spirit. And so if you've been if you've been enjoying this Please go and subscribe. The links are in the chat. Amen. This is a very important subject tonight. I sent the text out and I wanted you guys to see it. Um, The title tonight is Why Christians Are Not Increasing. A second subtitle I would put is the number one reason why they're not. Because I'm going to talk about one specific topic tonight and break it down for you. And this is a subject that, unfortunately, many churches, um, I don't, I want to be nice, um, they, they tend to not dive in too much because a lot of it talks about what you should do with your money. And tonight is not going to be only about finances. It's going to cover the whole spectrum. However, you can't mention Uh, this subject without getting into what the Bible says about your finances. And so tonight, I'm going to be talking about stewardship. Stewardship. So if you're taking notes, or if you're not taking notes, you should go grab your, uh, your notebook, grab your phone, grab your iPad, and, uh, and write this down. Stewardship is the, is the subject tonight. And I want to give you the definition according to Webster. Stewardship means the conducting, supervising, or managing of something. The conducting, supervising, or managing of something. In other words, we are all called to be stewards or managers of what God has given us. You know, even the breath you breathe in and out right now was given to you from God. Everything that you own, and this is a this is so important. I'm telling you, your your whole life will change when you get this understanding. Everything you own is not your own. We're just passing through. Everything you own is given to you by God. And we're to steward, we're to manage, we're to supervise that which God has given us. And so there's three main areas that, of things we need to steward, and one is spiritual things, the spiritual, the Word of God. We need to steward the Word of God. We need to steward the revelation that God has given us. We need to manage that. You know, Jesus said, "What the things that you hear, more will be given unto those who, have, who gain understanding. You, you know, he's, that's why he said, take heed to what you hear. You'll be, you'll be responsible for what you know. In other words, hey, now that you know the word of the Lord, now that you hear the word of God preached or, or taught tonight, you're going you're gonna to be held responsible for what you know. 
And so you need to manage what has been given to you spiritually. And then also physically, our bodies. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So your body is literally what houses God. If, if we don't take care of our body, then we could shorten our life here on the earth. You only get one earth suit. <laughs> you only get one body here on the earth. And the Bible says that we're spirit beings first, but we're housed in a body. So your spirit man is going to live forever, but your body is is uh is corrupting it's it's corruptible the bible says one day this corruptible will put on incorruptible right and so we need to steward our bodies that's why the bible says we're the temple so we should take care of it we should um you know the bible does say it mentions bodily exercise profits a little but uh godliness is profitable unto all things so yes we need to emphasize uh the the spiritual things more However, we still need to take care of our bodies. We need to manage what God has given us, whether you love it or not. You know, some of you, you need to just look at yourself in the mirror and you need to tell yourself, I love you. I love what God has given me. You know, you may not love yourself now, but the more you get closer to God, you'll begin to love yourself. Amen. And then obviously materially, we need to we need to steward what God has given us materially. And that includes finances that includes your car your house whatever you own we need to steward that now Haggai 2 verse 8 says says this the silver is mine and the gold is mine saith the Lord of hosts in other words God owns all the silver and all the gold Psalm 50 verse 10 says this for every beast of the forest is mine in the cattle on a thousand hills in other words God is emphasizing look I own these things. I'm an owner of them. But who is handling these things today? We are. People are. And so we need to handle them properly. The The scripture for tonight, though, my foundation scripture for those who are hopping on, is Matthew 25, verse 21. Because then tonight, I'm not going to bash on uh, the negative side of things, though I'm going to mention it, but I'm going to infuse the positive into you tonight that maybe you haven't seen increase yet maybe you haven't grabbed a hold of the laws of god the the principle i'm going to teach tonight but after tonight you're going to apply it in your life or after whenever you're listening to this and you're going to start using what you have and you're going to start seeing increase so the bible says in matthew 25 verse 21 the bible says well he jesus looks to to them and says well done Thy good and faithful servant, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. In other words, you were faithful over a little. So now I will make you ruler over much is what the King James Version says. So when you are stewarding what's been given to you, when you when you handle what little you do have and you use it, you, you multiply it, you put it to work. You know, you might look at yourself and say, I don't got anything to really work with. Well, you might have some time, you might have some talents. And so if you're faithful over what's little has been given to you and you work it, you use it, then he'll make you ruler over much. So everyone is in a test. I want you to say it out loud in your home and say, I'm in a test. What are you in a test of? You're in a test of faithfulness. You're in a test of faithfulness for what you have. So we have to, if we're going to be found faithful, we need to start with the little that we have. Now, before I get into the, the main text tonight, the, the thing, why do we need to be found faithful with the little we have? Because we need to understand what we're handling is God's. That's why I started out by he owns all the silver and the gold, all the cattle on a thousand hills, right? Talked about management, stewardship, that definition of, of stewardship. In other words, we need to understand who owns it and why it's important that we, we manage it well. Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So the earth is the Lord. So this earth is God's. However, Psalm 115 verse 16 says this, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. In other words, the earth in Psalm 24, God owns the earth, but then he transferred it 
to man to steward it. That's what Adam and Eve were supposed to do. They were stewarding the Garden of Eden. They were managing it. They were taking care of it. They were, their job was to manage God's property, which was the Garden of Eden. And then they had one stipulation, right? Don't eat of the forbidden fruit. I want you to say this out loud in your home and say, I'm not going to eat the forbidden fruit. In other words, you're not going to touch and you're not going to handle, mishandle what God has given you. Okay? Because if you're faithful with little, he'll make you ruler over much. How many want to, how many listen to me right now? You want to be ruler over much. You want to, you want increase in your life. You want multiplication. You want God to bless you uh, beyond your your wildest dreams so you can be a greater blessing so you can impact more around you so you can uh, grow and you can you can you can be uh, seen by not seen by men but seen as a testimony to those around you see when God begins to take you from from nothing and raise you up you become a sign and a wonder to those around you I know many people want that. So, so we had to apply these principles of stewardship in our life if we're going to see uh, this increase. And we need to understand God is the owner, and God's the owner of your life. And so we are doing it in the reverence of the Lord, and, uh, and we're doing it with the right heart. Amen? So you had to purpose in your heart today, and you had to say, you know what? I'm going to increase. I'm going to take what God has given me, and I'm going to do something with it. How many's going to do that? I hope you are. You got to take what God has given you and do something with it. That's what the parable, how many have heard of the parable of the talents? Well, I'm going to read it to you tonight, and we're going to grab some truths from this because these people were given something to do something with it. And let's read this in Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. The Bible says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servant and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. I want you to pause right there and listen to that again. He's given to each one according to his own ability. You should write that down. Why? Because God is not going to give you something that you cannot handle. <laughs> See, he gave one five, he gave one two, he gave another one. And then he immediately went on his journey, and the Bible says, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two talents went and traded with them and made another, or made another two. In verse 18, But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. For after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled their accounts with them. So pause right there. So the one who was given five talents, he immediately went to work and he multiplied what he was given. What is a talent, number one? Because you hear throw that word out there and some people are thinking of a talent contest or something like that. Well, a talent in the Bible was literally finances. They were, he was given these uh, servants money and he said, hey, go take this money and multiply it. Do something with it. You, use your trade. Use your talent. Use your um, ability uh, to create wealth and create uh, things in general because God is a creator. We're made in the image of God. He said, hey, go take what you've been given and begin to multiply it. And so we see here one was given five. Then we know he, he multiplied it. He doubled it. The other was given two. He doubled the two. But the one who gave one, he hid it. And so the Bible goes on to say, he who received five came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. And he said, look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I started out with that scripture. Faithful over little, ruler over much. Then it goes on, the one with two came to the Lord and said, look, I've gained two more talents besides them. And he said, look, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then it says, the one who had received one talent came to him and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here is what is yours. So he, he gave, he had the one talent and he said, look, Lord, 
This is I I have exactly what you've given me. I give I'm giving it back. But then look what the the Bible says here. He said, You wicked, this is verse 26, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered. So you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back to at least the interest. So then he took the talent from him, gave it to the one who had ten talents, and then he said, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Man, that's some that's some harsh words there. But what is he saying? He's saying, look, you you have to take what you've been given and you have to do something with it. And you have to have the right understanding of who God is. See, the the one the one with the one talent, he viewed the the master who is a representation of God as a hard hard man and uh basically you know, like how some people see God, like he's a heart, he's making me do this. He's making me suffer. He's making me um, do all these things for him. He's a hard master to live for. Life's beat me up over the top of my head. They had the, he had the wrong view of who God was. And so he thought, man, if God, he's going to be angry if I lose this one. He wasn't even thinking about multiplication. He thought nothing about increase. All he was thinking about was if I lose this one, I'm done for. So he did what he thought was smart, which was really, we see was dumb. And he took that one talent, he took that money and he buried it like hidden treasure. And he put X marks the spot. And then one day he went back, pulled up the money that was he buried and gave it back. And then look what the response was. No, you wicked and lazy servant. You should have at least deposited it so it can gain interest. In other words, he's saying, look, you should have done something that could gain increase. In other words, he's saying, look, I've given you this so you can increase in life. So how many believers, who am I, who's listening to me now and who will listen to this later, how many are sitting on some gift, some talent, some ability, something God has given you and you've sat on it and you haven't done anything with it? That's the reason why many churches are not churches, but many Christians are not increasing in their lives because they're sitting and they may not even have like, uh, uh, you know, like this person. They may not be thinking God's uh, a hard master and stuff. They might just be afraid. They might just be in doubt. You might just be in in unbelief. Like, I don't even know, you know, what is this to, to people? Are people really going to... Uh, listen to my music. You might be somebody who's supposed to create music and you might sit there and think, man, is anybody really going to listen to me sing? Is anybody really going to listen to my songs? And so you bury it. You bury the gift. You bury the talent. I can go on and on. Books. Is anyone ever going to read my book? I don't know if I should produce a book. My goodness. And is anyone going to read it? And I mean, you could have books on the inside of you. You could have songs on the inside of you. And all those things eventually will turn into finances and increase. But one of the things you have to realize is God has given every single one of us, and listen to me closely, he's given all of us a gift. He's given all of us abilities. Every single one of us, all of us. There's something you can do. Maybe someone else can do it better than you, but you can still do it, and you can do it with ex- excellence. So we need to recognize what we have. That's my number one point tonight. I'm going to give you five different points on how you can snap out of decrease, how you can snap out of going down and you can start going up with God. You can take what he's given you and you can multiply it. Come on, that we are created to multiply. We are created to increase. We were not created to go to decrease. We weren't created to have nothing. We were created to produce an abundance. And I'm not just talking about money, but that the reality is your gifts, your talents are eventually going to be in a place, if they aren't already, where it's going to turn and become finances, where you can put that money back into the kingdom of God. So number one, you got to recognize what you do have. Many people don't recognize what they do have. And you know what, what will help you recognize what you do have? Listen to the, some of the people around you who, who are positive, not negative. If you listen to everyone who's negative, you'll think you have nothing. But there's people around you who are positive. They'll say things like, man, you're really good at that. Man, you're really talented at that. Man, you can do a great job. Um, 
whatever it is, let's say you're an artist, you're, you're a great artist, you do a great job, or you know, you're somebody who's organized and you can put things together, man, you are, you're a good, like you can correct grammar and do all that things, all those type of things, or you can put, I don't know what it is. You put it in there, a baker, a candlestick maker, a blacksmith. I don't know what you do, but somebody is telling you, Hey, you're good at that. And that's a that's an indicator that that might be a gift or a talent on your life. So you need to evaluate what you have. Many people are looking at everyone else, and this is the danger of social media. This is the danger of constantly comparing one another. The Bible says comparing yourself among yourself is unwise. In other words, if you're looking at someone else and you start thinking, man, I don't have that gift. I don't have that talent. I can't take pictures like that. I can't do videos like that. I can't do my makeup like that. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever you want to put in there. And then you start forgetting what you do have. See, if you need to pause and evaluate and say, you know what, what do I have? What gifts do I have? You might be somebody listening to me and you might say, you know what, I don't have five talents. I don't have two talents. I don't even have one talent. I have a half a talent. Great. That's something to work with. Work what you have. Say it out loud in your home. I'm going to work what I have. I'm going to multiply what I do have. Take an evaluation of what you have. Because everyone has something that they can multiply. Everyone has something that they can put their hand to the plow. For example, I don't know if my mom is watching, but my mom has discovered that she's really good at making uh, these cookies that are like amazing. That She decorates them and she did it for my son, uh, Charlie, for his birthday. She made like these cookies that looked like Grogu and uh, Star Wars. And I mean, it looked amazing. It's a gift. And so what maybe all she had was some flour and some sugar and made, started making one cookie. But because of that, it sprung up into a business and it's producing income for her and it's multiplying. I mean, she sold like thousands of cookies at a, um, at a fundraiser at a school and the people are loving it and the people had them here and they're loving it. So you take what little you do have and you just start working it. And that's how it begins to grow. You got to evaluate and say, you know what, what do I have to work with? You know, some people are really good um, at, at speaking or whatever, you know, you, 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 you can, you can work your voice. You know, many people are online right now. They're, they're doing similar to what I'm doing. I'm a preacher. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm uh, using what I have to impact my generation with the gospel and with the word of God. But not everyone's called to be a preacher, but there's some people who are great at being on the news. There's some people who are great at teaching other people how to do public speaking or whatever. Use what you have. Evaluate what you have and then begin to use it. And that's how increase will come. Many people are looking for like to be at the at the top level, but they're not willing to, to work what they have. And you don't need to redefine yourself. You just need to evaluate yourself. Many people are trying to be somebody else. Here is a good life advice that I've gotten is just be you. Just be yourself. Don't try to reinvent yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. You might do things similar than someone else. Am I the only one doing a broadcast online? No, and I'm not the first one and I won't be the last one, but I'm trying my best to be me. So you're, you're hopefully you're listening to this, not because I'm trying to be someone else. I'm trying to be myself. You just need to be yourself and there'll be people who see what you have and they will gravitate towards it. And then you work that and it will begin to grow. So you need to evaluate what you have. You can't give what you don't have. You cannot give what you don't have. In other words, you can't you know, when I say give, especially when we're talking about church and stuff, I'm not talking about just money. You can't, you can't impart into somebody else. Like, for example, I don't know anything about uh, being a mechanic on a vehicle. I know nothing. I mean, I just had to watch a YouTube video on how to change my headlight on my car just the other day. And praise God, I got it done, man. Thank God for, for YouTube and, <laughs> and, uh, and knowing how to do it. But outside of that, I don't know anything about it. How can I, if I started t telling people, you know, stuff about cars and trying to impart that, I'm going to just end up making them more confused and probably tear their car up more than I'm going to help them. I can't give them what I don't have. I can't do it. 
So we need to recognize, okay, I can give what I do have and I can multiply myself. See, you need to find areas in your life and evaluate yourself and then begin to invest in what you do have. Invest in those great ideas. Invest in what you're talented at and develop that and let God increase you with that. You know, I can go on and on. I can use so many different examples, but you have to you have to do this. This is so important. This is why it's point number one, because many people listen to me. You're, you can't you cannot be something you're not. <laughs> I, I'm saying the same thing in many different ways because I'm trying to drive home a point. But you can't be something you're not. You can only be who you were created to be. And then you need to take that and you need to multiply that. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, he, he sat 12 men down. And what did he begin to do? He began to invest in those men who were who he was the son of God he was called for a purpose but what was he doing he was a preacher he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God he grabbed 12 guys imparted and invested into them to say guess what I'm not gonna, you're not going to be fishers of fish anymore you're going to be fishers of men like me so I'm going to impart into you what I have so that you can go and you can impart to a world that needs what you have and we're going to multiply me in you so when Jesus went to the cross, he died, and three days later, he rose from the dead, and then when he ascended into heaven, he had 12 guys who were literally, that's where we get the word Christian. You understand Christian comes from little Christ-like ones. So we literally, he, he, these were 12 men who were just like Jesus. Greater work shall you do because I go to the Father in heaven. He imparted into them, and he multiplied himself into them because he knew what he had. And he knew what he could give. And God obviously can give anything and everything. Everything you have is from him. But that's how, how did this thing begin to increase? By recognizing what they had and, what, and, and began to use what they had. So once you recognize what you have and you start working it, my point number two is you cannot despise the days of small beginnings. You cannot despise the days of small beginnings because <clears throat> the Lord, the Bible says for the Lord delights in its beginning. So in other words, you know, the Bible says, be weary of get rich, quick schemes for it'll come quickly, but it will, it will just leave you f just as fast as it comes. <clears throat> you know, this generation is a great generation. I don't like putting putting down my generation. <coughs> Excuse me, my goodness. Let him go in Jesus' name. <clears throat> I don't like putting down my generation because many people say, you know, it's a microwave generation. My God, they got no patience, all that stuff. And it, yeah, some of that is true, but it does. this generation does need to realize some things are going to take a little bit of time. Now, it, I believe we're in a time of acceleration. How many listen to me, you believe we're in a time of acceleration? I mean, things that we used to take 20 years are happening in three years, happening in five years. Absolutely, there's an acceleration. However, when you discover what you have, and for most people anyways, and you start working it, it's going to start small. And many people don't want to hear that, but it, it's the truth. It's going to start small. And the Bible says that to not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. In other words, don't despise the days of small beginnings because it's going to increase eventually. So you just keep at it. You stay consistent. That's why the last broadcast we did is so important. You need to go listen to it because it goes hand in hand with this. Because what many people do is they start, they stop. They start, they stop. They start, they stop. And they're wondering, why am I not increasing? It's because you're stopping and going. You're stopping and going. You're going left, right. You're, re you're re uh, imagining yourself. You're redesigning yourself. No, stop it. And, and realize you're just in the day, you're in the building phase. Come on, before a building is ever built, a skyscraper is ever built, the biggest building you can think of on this planet was ever built, they had to lay a foundation. You know, a foundation is underground. You don't even see the foundation. You barely see a little bit of it when the building's built, and you can see there's a foundation. They can check it out. But there's a lot more that's underneath that. 
But you see that you, you're building your foundation for everything that you're doing. And Jesus said that you build upon his sayings, upon his word. That's the main foundation. But then you discover what you do have, and then you begin to work it. You begin to develop it. You begin to invest in yourself. You begin to invest the word of God, invest in uh, different areas of it. I mean, I got a book over here, uh, Keys to Better Preaching. I started reading that. Why? Because I'm investing into what I'm doing. Right now, it might seem it might be at a smaller level. We're we're way we've increased since we started, but we had to start somewhere. Even for example, with this broadcast right now, I have a couple pictures I want to show you. It's not been that long. It's been one year. We were just talking about it before the broadcast. Look at this. This is where we started. This is my apartment kitchen one year ago. And we maximized the whole space. I mean, if you could see the cords that were around us, I mean, it's like, it's amazing we never tripped and fell because there's so many cords everywhere. But we just started. We used what we had. What did we have? Three people on, two people on sometimes, not very many. And it began to grow. And it began to grow. And we're still growing. We're nowhere close where we want to be. I wish there was a, a thousand people watching right now. And the day will come when there will be. But we had to start somewhere. Those were the small beginnings. You know, <clears throat> when God tells you to do something, you just got to begin to keep working it. You, I have this in my notes. Ex you have to accept that there will be a time where you will be small, but don't accept that that is where you will land. You have to accept, okay, I'm going to start small. And I even agree with the great evangelist who says you shouldn't even consider yourself small. You should just say, I have a ministry, I have a business. I agree with that because how you think, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. However, you need to accept the fact that this thing might start small, but it's going to increase as I stay consistent, as I stay diligent, as I continue to invest in my, in my life, spiritually, physically, financially, every area of your life, you continue to invest. Why? Because as you take faith steps, that's how you'll take steps of multiplication. It's by faith. You're working what little you do have, and you're working it by faith. You're saying, Lord, what I have right now is nothing, but it's going to multiply. I mean, every story, if you can think about it right now, every story, Amazon, McDonald's, Walmart, you name the company, Chick-fil-A, you name the company, they had to start somewhere. They had to make that first sandwich. They had to sell the first sandwich. They had, to, they had to start somewhere. They didn't just blow up overnight. Now you see them, they're like, wow, these are huge companies, but you weren't there when they started. Come on. Some of y'all can relate right now. You're going through a, a growth process. And don't get frustrated. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy it. See, God is a great sustainer. Just like he's a great multiplier, he'll sustain you through the times where you're growing. He'll sustain you through the times where it, where it seems small, but it's not going to stay that way. So don't get comfortable in barely making it. Don't get comfortable in being small. Don't mishear me, but he's going to sustain you through it all while things are getting pressed down, shaken together, running over. What does the Bible say? Give and it shall be given unto you. It, it, that's in everything. What are you doing? You're giving your time. You're giving your talent. You're giving your ability. You're giving your effort. Come on. And as you do that, you're pressing it down. You're shaking together. You're running it over. But you don't, you don't get the running over part until it's first pressed down and first, until it's first shaken together, until it's first, you know, crushed in there, and then finally it's going to overflow. Come on, we all want the overflow, but do we want the press down, shake it together, and then running over? No, we we got we got to press it down. You got to use your faith steps so then it can activate steps of multiplication. Hallelujah. And then never forget this. Even though it might seem like a small step every single day and you're still at the small beginnings, you're still moving forward. Never forget that. Faith always moves forward. I don't care if you move forward an inch today or you take a mile today. As long as you're moving forward, you're going to increase. As long as you're taking steps towards what you're called to do, you're going to increase. As long as you continue to use what you have, you're going to increase. Now, as long as you're doing 
you know, on a side note, you have to be doing what God has called you to do. Of course, you need to be in the perfect will of God. That's why we're, you, you take time to pray fast. But once you know the will of God for your life, don't get frustrated when it starts small. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, we're, we're way past where we started in the ministry, but we're nowhere close where we want to be. Nowhere close. Nowhere close, but it's going to grow. I mean, even two weeks ago, this is just a side testimony, two weeks ago, we had one thing on the schedule. It was my wife's uh, meeting for the women's conference. Praise God for that. That was it. But in the last two weeks, things are starting to get booked up. Things are starting to open up. See, you can't get frustrated. You got to get up every single day and you got to put your hand to the plow. And you, like a, a friend of mine and an evangelist friend of mine and a great man I look up to told me, he said, what you got to do every single day is you got to get up and put your hand on something. In other words, God blesses the work of your what? Hands. So you got to start working towards something. I don't care if it's just getting your website, putting your website together, then getting business cards and then working on uh, you know, a, a little video, a little reel, do something. You know, what did I do when I started out and I had nothing? I wrote my first book. I would get up every day. I would do, I would type a little bit. I would pray. I would read the word. I would get inspired and I would keep my hand to the plow. Even if I wasn't going anywhere, I'm putting my hand to the plow. What am I doing? I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I'm not, I'm not going backwards. I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh God, why am I not as big as I want to be? And start crying that God's not moved by our tears. He's moved by our faith. And so I said, no, I'm not going to get depressed. I'm not going to get sad. I'm just going to put my hand to the plow. And that's what you got to do. And it doesn't stop. You just keep moving. You just keep going. So because faith always moves forward. So you don't despise the days of small beginnings. Number three, you must understand this law. When you are faithful over little, you will be ruler over much. I've mentioned that all night, but I want to mention it again. It's a law. If you're faithful over what is little, you will become ruler over much. You know, many people want promotions at their workplace, but they ain't even faithful to show up on time. Their boss is constantly telling them, hey, you are five minutes late every single day, and I've let it slide all this time, but you can't even be on time. If you're not faithful to even be on time, why do you, do you deserve a promotion? It doesn't matter how long you've been in somewhere at all. You have to be faithful with the little things. See, it's the little things that add up. That's why when you talk about increase financially, you know, the tithe is your reasonable service. God is looking every single time the offering plate goes by. Every single time you receive your paycheck, you get money come in. You know what he's doing? He's testing you. He's looking. Are they going to be faithful with the 10%? Can I increase them? Are they going to continue to tithe? Are they going to continue to give to me? See, it's just a test. God owns it all. God doesn't need your money, but you need his blessing. You need his hand on your life. And he's saying, hey, are they going to be faithful with a little? You know, for example, if you have $10, it's really easy to tithe that $1. I mean, what's $1? It's easy to tithe a dollar, even $100. What's 10 bucks? I'll give 10 bucks. And God increases you to 1000. What's well what even at 1000? What's $100? But then you get it to 10,000. And now it's $1000. Then you get to 100,000. Now it's $10,000. Now you get to a million and it's $100,000, which is still the same 10%. But people have a hard time with that. See, faithful over a little, ruler over much. The more you're faithful with the little things, God's going to increase you, but then he's going to continue to see, are you going to manage what he's given you? Now, I mentioned money because Luke 16 verse 11 says this, because what we really care about is the anointing. What we really care about is the things of God, the spiritual things, obviously. That's why you're listening. But look, you can't separate the two. Luke 16 verse 11. So if you have been if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches? Ouch. <laughs> Think about that. If you, if you cannot be trusted with, with worldly wealth, with finances, who will really trust you with the true riches, which is the anointing, which is the, the power of God, which is, which is the things of God? You know, so that's, it's a test. See, we have to be faithful over the little so we can be ruler over much. 
we this is why many are not increasing. I'm not just talking money only, but they're not faithful with their time. They can't even give God Sunday. They can't even come to church for an hour and a half. My goodness, that's not even a tithe of your time in a week. An hour and a half, we're talking 90 minutes, they can't come to church. My goodness, somebody slap your mother-in-law. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> but goodness, that's what, I'm, that's what he's saying. Look, you want all these things. You're crying out for so much. You're pleading with God. God, increase me. God, bless me. But he's saying, can you just be faithful to come to church and tithe? Can you be faithful to say, you know what? One Sunday a month, I'm going to serve on the helps team. <laughs> for 60 minutes, or even if you want to go slow, you can be a greeter, which is the first 30 minutes before the service starts, and then you're done. You don't have to do anything else. A greeter has the easiest job. Put a smile on your face, shake the hands of the people who come through the doors, and tell them you love them, Jesus loves them, and give them a bulletin or give them a high five or a hug. That's the easiest job, but many people can't even do that. You got to understand the law. If you're going to be ruler over much, when I, which I believe everyone listening to me right now wants to be rulers over much, they want God to trust them with, with a lot, then you must begin to be faithful over the little you've been given. And that's where the, the steward or the, the servant with the one talent, he missed it. He took what he had and he buried it. He stayed home. He said, oh, you know what? I'll just watch live stream. I'm just going to bury my, I'm going to bury my gifts. You know, the pastor understands. I'll just watch uh, the broadcast on live stream. And I know brother Jose will see my comments in the comments and he'll say hallelujah back. No, that see, you're burying what God has given you. You could be a, you could have a talent that could help the kingdom of God. You could be the greatest person in hospitality that that church has ever seen, but you're burying your gift. You're saying, no, I'm going to stay home. No, I'm not going to give. I need this money for X, Y, and Z. And then you're wondering, why am I going down? Oh God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Where God is saying, why have you not been faithful with what I've been given to you? If you use what you've been given, more will be given unto you. Give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's Luke 6, 38. We use it a lot of times when we talk about the offering, but it says, it just says flat give. Give what? Give your money, give your time, give your efforts, give your talents. Give everything. Give your life. Jesus <laughs> Jesus gave his life. You know, we tell people on the streets, we, sometimes they say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm saved. I haven't been to church in a long time. You know, I'm, I know I need to get right with God. I've been sinning and all this stuff. And, you know, we, we respond to them sometimes and say, you know, Jesus gave his life for us. We should give our life for him. On a scale of 1 to 10, how, how on fire are for you? And they normally say, I'm a one, I'm a two, I'm a three. In other words, they're saying, look, I, I haven't been faithful over the little. I need to. And then we give, we lead them right back to the Lord. And then we encourage them, get back in there and keep, keep using what you've been given. Come on, you're sitting on talents. So we need to be people who are stewarding our lives, especially our finances. When we steward our finances, it proves that we can handle the true riches of heaven. Hallelujah. Number four, because it kind of goes into both, because Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Number four, we have to have the right heart about increasing. Some people have a wrong heart when it comes to increase, multiplication, and it's really proven through their actions. You know, when they hit a certain point, you know, like I mentioned, it's easy to tie the 10 bucks, 100 bucks, $1,000. But then those people who get to 100,000, 500,000, a million, next thing you know, they're not going to church. They're sitting on a boat somewhere. They're, they're watching the live stream, but barely because they got, the, they got the NFL on at the same time church is on and they'd rather watch the game. And you see, they just get slipped away because they didn't have the right heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring forth the issues of life. In other words, we need to we need to want to increase for for a couple of reasons. Number one, for the king himself, for Jesus, and for the kingdom's sake. Jesus said this: seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So you had to seek first the king and the kingdom. You want to increase why? Because you want to expand the kingdom of God. 
you want to become a sign and a wonder. You know, I love, I got some great friends, really good friends now. And they went from having nothing to having millions of dollars and, and all that. And you know what they do? They use it as a platform to expand the kingdom. Because when people come up and say, hey, man, that's a nice car. They say, yeah, it is. You know, God gave me this car. Really? God gave you that car? And they begin to tell the testimony of how God increased them and multiply them. And then they lead that person to the Lord on the streets. And then they invite that person to church. And now they're used as a sign and a wonder. See, that's the right heart to have for increase. Come on, God knows your heart, and you can increase. He's not a respecter of persons, but we have to do it for the kingdom. Number two, we have to do it for the souls to be saved. If you're going to increase, if you're going to multiply in every area, it better be attached to souls and them getting saved. Otherwise, Jesus, he came for one reason, to seek and save those who are lost. Everything that we're doing, everything every church should be doing, they're not, is to reach lost people. That's the whole reason why newsflash for those preachers who don't give any altar calls for people to get saved. The whole reason why Jesus went to the cross is for people to get saved. <laughs> every, every person needs Jesus, period. I don't care how rich, how poor. I don't care what your color of your skin is. We all need Jesus. So if you're going to increase, it's for souls to be saved. You know, that's why the, we when we talk about... Uh, where to put your finances, where where to sow, what's good soil? Because we talk about good soil, sowing your seed, and that's what's going to bring an increase in your life. It's people who are going after souls. It's people who are going after the harvest. That's where it is good soil, because why? The heart is right. The heart is right. You know, I'm not here to judge everyone else's heart. I'm not, I don't care. But one thing I will not do is if, if I'm listening to a ministry, they come in and I'm hearing, or I go to their meeting and they're, they have, they're doing nothing to win the lost. I'm not saying that that's, they're an evangelist. It's not, that's not what I mean. But if there's no avenue of getting people saved, that's, I'm not sowing there. I'm not giving there because that's not good soil because the right heart, I'm not saying they have a bad heart, but for me, the right heart is, I'm going after lost people, period. That's the right heart, and it will keep your heart right. You want to keep your heart right? Make souls a priority in your life. Go tell somebody about Jesus. Go give your time to go to the outreach event at your church or to go one-on-one -on -one soul winning. You'll find out if your heart's right. I'll tell you right now. I had one lady, oh my goodness, my goodness, it was ridiculous. I had this one lady at this church I preached at. I preached a, a youth night just when I started. She had the wrong heart. She had the wrong heart. How do I know? Because I went to her and we made a little mess and we could have cleaned it up. And we did our best to clean it up, but we, it was an all-night event. It was with the youth. We stayed up till 6 a.m. I mean, we were exhausted. We did everything we could to clean it up. We left a little crumbs. I come in and, uh, and she looks at me and she says, my goodness, this place is a mess. And it really wasn't. But I said, well, I know it is a mess and I'm sorry. We're here to help clean it up, whatever you need our, us to do. But... These kids got saved, and these this girl got healed, and I began to testify. And you know what she looked at me, and she said, I don't care about any of that. That's the wrong heart. That's a person, and that's a, that's a church I don't want to sow any soil into, or sow any soil, sow any seed into, because that's the wrong heart. That's what I'm talking about. There's no attachment to souls. It's just all about whatever they're doing. No, we want souls to be saved, and you should too. It is a shame. It's horrible. I hope she's repented and got her, got right, but I'll never forget that. And that's what I'm talking about. If there's no heart attached to it, why would God ever increase you? Why would God ever bless you if your heart is is callous towards lost people? And another another reason to have the heart right heart is, like I already mentioned, when you increase, when you multiply, when you're blessed, it's to glorify God. It's to be used and say, look, this everything I have is God's anyways. And because he got me to this place that I'm at now, because you are faithful with the little, you become ruler over much, it's to glorify him. It's to point to him. Look at what the Lord has done. And then it's also to be like, if God did it for me, God will do it for you to glorify God. So that's, that's number four, have the right heart about increasing. And number five, Stop waiting on God and start moving by faith. Practical things tonight. Stop waiting on God. God's We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Now, you got to be... Some people have been foolish. When you start mentioning this, some people are foolish. For example, when God called us to the ministry, 
<laughs> when I say stop waiting on God and start moving, God called me and my wife to the ministry. And I remember it like yesterday in 2020, it was the summertime, half of the, more than half, 90% of churches were closed and we were praying, God, what are we going to do? It looked like the end. And we're like, Lord, what are we going to do? We're called to ministry. We were not in full-time ministry or doing really much of ministry at all at that time. We just got married. And I'm saying, Lord, what are we supposed to do? And he said, I, I called you to be an evangelist. And long story short, he confirmed it through the man of God when we went to New York. And, uh, and, and the rest is history. Now, we didn't just quit our jobs on the spot, go start traveling down the road without... Um, doing the proper paperwork, without filing for a ministry, without getting a website, without getting different ways to give. You know, some people are so foolish. They say, oh, I'm called to ministry. And uh, I'm talking ministry because that's what I'm doing. But you can need to stop waiting on God, start moving by faith, whatever area you're in. But some people are just foolish with ministry. They say, I'm called. And then they just quit their job tomorrow. And they're wondering why things are not working. Well, because you have to start, start taking the small steps. You got to get, you got to file with the state or you're going to go to jail. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you can't just show up somewhere and start doing some things. There's, there's protocol, there's proper things. So you have to file with the state. You have to do those things. So that's what we did. We, we took basic little steps and then God began to open it up. We worked what little we did have and God began to multiply it. God began to increase it. And you might say, well, I don't have everything to do that. Well, find out how much you do need and start believing God to do it. And then apply your, use what you do have. Maybe you have enough to get uh, the filing done, but you don't have enough for the website. That's okay. Do the filing. As you do the filing, believe God that he'll bring the increase. Maybe you feel called to start a business. Maybe God has put, you can create something awesome. Like my mom does cookies. My sister does like these, um, I don't know, crochet type things. Maybe you have a gift like that and you're like, man, everybody says you need to start a business. Why not start taking the proper steps to start that business? Find out what you need to do and start doing them tomorrow. Whatever little step it is. A lot of times it's just little, little things that cost you nothing you just had to do. Start. Start moving. Hallelujah. And then also, every step, get this in your heart tonight, every small step you take is building upon the last. And eventually, it'll be like the big things are the little steps you take stacked on top of each other like I talked about the last time, and it becomes the big thing. So a lot of times people don't see all the little things you've done and this has encouraged some of y'all who are in ministry and stuff. People get, they don't know what you've done behind the scenes and that's okay. We're not out to prove God, prove people right. We're out to prove God right. That's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, who cares what people think anymore? I'm not out there to prove people right or people wrong. I'm out there to prove my heavenly father's right. That my word is true. That God said what he meant and he meant what he said. And guess what? It might take a little bit of time for some of y'all, but one day you're going to see it. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say that humbly because I'm standing on God's word and I'm trusting him. And without him intervening and moving, we're nothing anyways. And so I'm taking small steps every single day. I'm getting up and putting my hand to the plow. And that's what you got to start doing. You got to start taking those steps. Don't get frustrated. Don't stop moving. Keep going. Keep increasing and watch what God will do. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to give you, I want to pray real quick and then give you an opportunity to sow seed. But I, I want to pray. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pray for anything other than that the Lord would open your eyes of your understanding so you can take those steps. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for those listening and those who will watch later and listen later. I thank you, Lord, that you said, Paul said, that I pray that their eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. And Lord, I pray right now, every single person who's believing for increase, who has been stagnant, who's even decreased, open their eyes of their understanding, show them the adjustments they need to make. And Lord, we thank you that the grace is available for them to start moving. And as they move, supernatural acts of faith and miracles are going to break forth because they're active again in their faith, active in moving, and you're going to bring it to pass in their life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.
Well, I want to give you an opportunity now to sow into the kingdom of God, to activate what I'm talking about tonight. Many people are believing God for increase in stewardship and management and all of that is a b- big part of it. And what we need to do is we need to say, Lord, what would you have me to do to further the kingdom of God? Well, I'm telling you, when you give, you shall receive, pressed down, shaken together, running over. This is not another uh, grab me for money. This is an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I'm going to sow. Maybe you're believing God for a business. Maybe you're believing God for your ministry. Maybe you're believing God for the next steps. Sow into the this good soil. We're going after souls. I'm I promise you, March 2nd of this year, you're going to see a picture of me standing there with, with an altar call in Lufkin, Texas, of people who have never received Jesus as the Lord and Savior. It's already in the works. We're already planning it. So you're sowing into souls, and you're sowing into the kingdom. Amen? So here are the different ways to give, and uh, just obey the Lord. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I'd love to be a partner. Then go to the website there on the screen and scan that QR code, zanerministries.com forward slash give. Maybe you want to sow into all the eight outreaches that we have. And you know the best way you can do that is just sign up to become a monthly partner every single month. And it can just be reoccurring. You can just be constantly sowing seed into the kingdom. So go to that website there on the screen, hit the reoccurring tab, and you can you can become a partner at any amount that you're able to partner with. Some partner at 25, some 50, some 100, and others beyond, 250, 500. You can sow at 1,000 if you have a business. Business seed will produce business harvest. Sow from your business. Just do something. Amen. There's PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Cash App. And if you're watching and you say, you know what, I want to send a check in because many people still do. You can make it out to Zaner Ministries at P.O. Box 125, Copley, PA 18037. Mail that in and we'll receive it. And we, we pray over every offering that comes through our hands. And one of the things that I pray, I've been doing it since last year now. The Lord's put it on my heart. Because we're in a time of acceleration is, Lord, grace us, help us somehow through every means that when we get to heaven, every dollar will represent a soul. And I don't just say that to say that I truly mean that. I want to populate heaven and plunder hell. And I want to thank you for helping us do that through your partnership. You're not just sowing another dollar into a charity. You are helping us populate heaven. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for every partner and every person who's ever given a dollar to us. Thank you so much. This is my public thank you. You're helping us increase so we can increase the kingdom of God. And as we increase and the kingdom increases, we believe you'll increase too in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So we'll just give you a couple more minutes to hear the voice of God and obey the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you, Caitlin. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Zeus is on. God bless you, brother. I saw Kathy on. Ben's on. Hallelujah. We're going to be in Lufkin, Texas on March 1st through the 3rd, Holy Ghost and Fire Services. And then on the 2nd, we're taking it outside the four walls of the church and into the community for an outreach. And uh, it's going to be powerful. And then my wife is going to be with the ladies on, what is it, March 23rd, and it's going to be from 2 to 8 p.m. here in the Lehigh Valley. You can sign up by going to that website on there. Make sure you're a biological lady who's 18 to 30 years old. You were born a woman and still are. Amen. And it's going to be powerful. Make sure you attend that. It's going to be great. And we got some other things coming up. We're going to be going back to Indiana in May doing an outreach there in South Bend and then also potentially in Evansville. And then we're going to be going to Oklahoma in June, Kansas in June. I'm telling you, things are opening up. This nation is not going to go to hell. We're going, we're going to do everything in our possible power to see as many people saved as possible. We put our faith out for double the souls this year. We had 1,000. Last year, we're believing God for a minimum of two. Hopefully, you guys will pray for us and stand with us with that. Amen? Well, I want to thank everybody for li- who are live with us listening, those who are listening on the podcast. Thank you so much. I love you guys. And I can't wait to see you all next Tuesday at 8 p.m. right here on YouTube or Facebook. We love you guys. God bless you, and we'll see you then.
Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZaynerMinistries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.